You're listening to The Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective. Tell me if I'm going too far. Tell me if I'm going too far. Do you like this? Because I can see the love in the dark. Yeah, I can feel the beat in your heart. You like this? Tell me if I'm going too far. Tell me if I'm going too far. Do you like this? Because I can see the love in the dark. Yeah, I can feel the beat in your heart. When you get excited. Hey everyone, welcome to the Collabcast for May 19th, 2016, episode 68. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm your host, Marvin Yoy, uh-uh. along with my co-host, Chris- Minji Chang. What's There's up? There's no more Christine now. Oh, we're trying to, well, it's, it's fading away. phasing her we're out. phasing it out. Phasing Christine out. It's cool. Christine is dead. Long live the Minji. <laughs> <laughs> it shall forever live on my birth certificate, so it's not completely dead. And joining us this week, returning to the collab cast, some of our favorite guests, <gasps> director, filmmaker, oh Andron, hi, and hey. writer, creator, TV show maker. What's a TV sh- filmmaker still? Sure, thing maker, <laughs> creative actress. content, creative. Naomi Ko. Yeah, 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 boy, boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make sound effects and it's not working. No, it's good because I don't. I can't afford a sound a sound machine, so we gotta rely on our voices. She's saying we can download an app for that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> go to go to go to YouTube. <laughs> so how are you guys doing? Thanks for coming in. I'm good. I'm good. Living the dream all day, all night. Yeah. I'm glad we were able to grab. Um, I asked Andrew to come on the show, and then he was like, well, I'm having lunch with Naomi. So, oh, yeah, bring her. <laughs> sure. It worked out perfectly. Perfect. <laughs> Just invite myself on this podcast. Hey. It's all good. Always hey. welcome. Yeah. And all I can think about is where we're going to eat for lunch. You chan nim young, duh. Without me, I hate you. Okay, let's go again. Do you want to come? <laughs> you can join Booty, us. booty, booty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. Well, we're gonna talk about this later, yes. but I ate naengmyeon a lot in Korea, <gasps> so too. I'm having withdrawals. We'll talk about it more. Okay, yeah. we will. We're gonna be talking a lot about Korea later on this episode. Not only Korea, but definitely. Well, Korea. And, but Marvin is outnumbered <laughs> three to one oh. with three Korean Americans here. It's okay. That's usually the case here. <laughs> <laughs> Not always. We've been Korea. pretty balanced. I don't know what you're <laughs> insinuating here. It's alright. I can. You can hang. Yeah, you I can, can hang. hang. I'll just you know, keep mispronouncing Korean words. Dol. Dol. Well, each and every week we start off the podcast with a roundtable discussion going around our table here to talk about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture and Asian America. So this week, let's start off with Miss Minji. What's on your mind? So I have two topics and I don't know which one to choose. So I'm going to share them both. Um, but the first one, I, I want to give a shout out to my friends, David Choi and June Curion and Phil Wang. And who else is in that? Ryan Higa and uh, Justin Chan. They made a pretty funny K-pop video. Uh, BGA, that's the name of their group. Capital B, small G, big A. Um, and it's called, I have to go to the bathroom or I have to take a crap, but it's pretty <laughs> funny. It's pretty funny. So I know people who've listened to this podcast know that I don't really follow K-pop currently and there's humorous aspects to it. Like G-O-D I, for life. G-O-D, yeah. Old school nineties K-pop for life. H-O-T. Yo. H-O-T. G-O-D. Yeah. Fly to the sky. Turbo Finkel. S-E-S. What up? Yep. Um, but yeah. I do recognize those names. See, you know, see, hang. <laughs> See proof, further proof, Marvin can hang. 
Uh, no, it's a funny, like, satirical video. And f- funnily enough, within, like, two days of watching that video, I finally watched the Conan O'Brien video <laughs> with Steve Yoon. And so, I don't know. I just appreciate all the humor and all this effort into going. In- did you guys watch it? Like, no. Have you guys watched the Steve, uh, Conan O'Brien one? I, I did watch yeah. the Conan one. It's epic. So good. <laughs> it's so epic. Like, now I want to be in one. Before I, like, distance <laughs> myself. Like, okay, so that's You mean that. you want to be on Conan? Well, that, yes, but also, like, make a funny K-pop. Well, like, I can't move like those. Have you seen those girls? Like, they, I don't, I don't understand. Don't you remember that Steve, Josh, you and I were in the supermarket in K-Town yes, by yes. Zion Market, and we, like, spent an hour just fucking loitering, eating our snacks, but then watching these K-pop videos, and all of us were just like, what? How did they do that? How is that happening? And then, and then, and then Josh is just like, yeah, like those bodies. <laughs> Creeper alert, Josh. But then, you know, it's like some of those music videos, it's like they're not really like doing a lot of dancing, you know? Like, it's a lot of waves. It's a, yeah, it's a lot well, it of It takes like, a lot of dexterity to move around those high ass heels, right? I guess so. But I, I mean, I'm sorry, but like Beyonce, everybody's been doing that for years. Well, like, you know, some people like really, really dance. And then like there was one K-pop music video I saw and it was just like, it was all waist up dancing. Yeah. It was all just like hands pointing, <laughs> like being really cute. like. And that's the part I think I have a disconnect with like the inner cuteness that whatever inner cuteness exists within me. It's mm-hmm. just so. Oh, you're, you're very inner cute. Am I? Oh, I don't know how to feel about that actually. <laughs> to me. <laughs> oh, to me. Oh. You're like a squirrel. <laughs> A rabid squirrel. <laughs> Funnily enough, that's not the first time I've been Just likened to a squirrel, a squirrel. but I'm looking for her nuts. <laughs> Longtime listeners of the podcast would remember that like a squirrel, Minty likes to store food. That's why I've been likened to a squirrel, but never in a K-pop dance concert. <laughs> I always kind of like have loose nuts in her w- pocket. That, that came out wrong, but thanks a lot, Marvin. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lovely picture. Well, we Minji is K-pop? healthy, and she, you know. Almonds and and walnuts are good for you. They are. (laughs) Those are my new snack go-to items since I can't eat potato chips anymore. So it's a sad world without potato chips, first of all. (laughs) And that's what I think, honestly. And and that's what I okay. So when I was walking, this also again connects to our Korea topic later. But how do they? They're just so like skinny and wavy and cutesy and like I just can't. I can't. Well, those ladies aren't eating at all. Yeah. Well, so this is this is the thing about K-pop for me is that it's not it's not even like a music thing. It's, it's not. beyond that. That's it's also a, yeah. it's like an image. It's yeah. the, it's the you know the clothes. The it's style. the makeup. It's the hair. Like it's the the sets. You know, like, right? The lights, yeah. like the, the lighting the way that they do that. Which is why when Conan did it, it was such a sign that like you could watch ten seconds or less of that and know yeah. that's a K-pop video. <laughs> yeah. But he was wearing like 70s wear. I think, um, yeah, that goes back to like we, we were talking about this with our collaboration staff um, when we were eating after a meeting about like the music itself. It's you know, it's catchy. It's poppy. It's great. But, you know, a lot of the disconnect with like the imagery of because K-pop is all about the music video, too. Mm-hmm. And like having, you know, K-pop, like most Asian pop cultures, all about idols, all about creating Who's your favorite person? And mm-hmm. that's why, like, the one thing that I've always wondered about is why do you have, like, 20 people in that group? You know, when... More points of idolizing. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, back in the days of, like, Backstreet Boys and Sync, Spice mm-hmm. Girls, whatever, like, you have five people and you know what role each person plays in that 
Exactly. And then you relate to them. You're like, I'm Scary Spice or I'm Sporty Spice. And I don't know. It takes a lot to differentiate because those K-pop groups have like 20 people in them. Well, you know, the the difference is, is that you have Western culture that values individuality and you have Korean culture that values uniformity. Right. So I think, you know... That's true. I didn't think about that way. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like the way that K-pop stars look, the way that they act, the way that they th- sing, the way all of the way that they look, the way the hand th- motion, the hand motion. You can't see this right now, but I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, the the music industry's in-house plastic surgeons. Like it's all yeah. it's all uniformed. And I'm not I'm not saying this to be mean, but it's just that it's very it's very uh, it's a very reminiscent of Korean culture that individuality isn't very prized within K-pop groups. That's why you don't see solo singers. Mm. As much anymore, but there used to be. You know what I'm saying? Like that used to be everything. Where like you were like Kingobo or like, you know. Yeah. Who's that? I don't even know who that person is. See, the only (laughs) thing I remember are the groups. That makes sense. Well it's like the giant groups are well it's like okay like they're they're really popular, but then it's also like you have like the breakout like CL. Like, yeah, you know it's yeah. it's interesting. But is that doing well? I don't. I see. I haven't been following it, but from the whispers amongst the entertainment scene, like the, I don't know if that's going as well as mm-hmm. she had hoped. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that you know if that leads to success. I know that the group dynamic. I think aesthetically, again, because Koreans are also obsessed with like form and image and everything like that i think the large groups form for like their dance stuff like it can be super amazing like i, right. I when think they dance together, together and they're on beat yeah, yeah. there it's you go nice. it's like it's an nice. army but that's how dance crews even now even in the states right in like mainstream hip-hop and choreo dance yeah. if you go to like culture shock or you go to vibe like they those crews are 50 people strong it's, well, maybe, yeah it's well like they're army. In, well i wonder a little bit about like you know, if we're talking about K-pop, not just being about the music, it's also about the image. Like, what if it's just that the image of like twenty girls? Yeah. You know, like it's what nice. If it's, oh it's more about the dance than it is actually about the yeah. music. You know, like it doesn't matter to hear or as much about. I think like when I hear it, it actually appeals to me a lot more. Mm-hmm. When I hear, I'm like, oh, okay. I start like kind of involuntarily <laughs> moving to it. So I mean, it is catchy. I don't, I, and I don't know. And this is something to dive into later, but. Yeah, just like how it, uh, how that Korean part of me does or does not gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hit on some some like I want to go <laughs> talk about that now. We'll Google. Well, later. you know, you know me, nerd <laughs> Naomi comes out. I'm like, oh, let's talk about Analyzing the history arts, and the culture. History. Oh my god, <laughs> let's go, let's do this. Well, let's speaking of Naomi's, we go to your time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What's on your mind, Naomi? You know, I I got a lot of things on my mind, but I I feel like I you know I always come on this podcast and I'm just like, yo, you guys like we can't talk about this and we can't talk about that, we can't talk about this, but I do want to talk about one of my new projects that I want to do okay. that I'm in the midst of doing, okay. and I'm I'm gonna be like, can can y'all help me? <laughs> hey. hey, I'm gonna put this out in the universe, and I usually don't put stuff out in the universe. That's more. That's, not that's Minji's thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Minji's thing. But I'm actually this is like <laughs> this is a this I is love a, that that's my thing. Thank this you. This is a request for help. So most of you guys 
have heard me say that I studied art history and I almost pursued a PhD in art history, my doctorate in it, which I thankfully did not. (laughs) And I was in New York about a week and a half ago and I was at um, the Museum of Modern Art MoMA and, you know, modern art, but also houses some great like 19th, 20th century art like Picasso, Degas, uh, Monet, Manet, all those dudes, all those white European dudes. (laughs) And while I was there, um, you know, my friend works at MoMA, so it was pretty sweet. And she was just kind of showing me around, but I was just like, you don't need to give me a tour because I kind of know all this artwork, like (laughs) no big deal. Well, anything before this, well, anything before I am. I'm like before 1955. Well, she knew that because we both studied art history together. And there was a tour guide who was giving somebody a tour, giving these like group of, I think, tourists, elderly tourists, probably from like Ohio or some something like that. And the tour guide was incorrect Oh, about art. So you're correcting them? <laughs> Just follow and like. Well, like incorrect Only to a degree, and then she's like, couldn't have it anymore. Well, incorrect to like about some things that I feel like the general public knows, like the life of Picasso. Like this person, this tour guide said at MoMA that Picasso wasn't a classically trained artist, which I feel like is a very untrue thing, but also very well known of how right unfactual that like how incorrect that is so my friend and i we we got drinks in the courtyard and everything and she she knows that you know i'm not a stand-up comic but she knows that i do comedic stuff and she's she goes and we were talking and you know i was making jokes about picasso and those other you know ratchet inbred white guys painting and (laughs) and i had the idea that i want to start hosting a comedy art tour at museums where Um. i would like go somewhere at LACMA or Norton Simon or wherever they will allow me to go (laughs) and kind of give a ratchet and inappropriate comedy tour, but still educational and informal about art and society and how we perceive it. You know, all those things. And (laughs) what is the assistance that you need from us? I really love this idea. Well, yeah, this is need a museum funny. to agree. I need, I need a museum. I need a museum that will agree that even though some very naughty things will be coming out of my mouth, but they will realize that it's very insightful and accurate. I think that, well, if you come up with a pitch, that's an easy thing because that's something that, I'm sorry, but every museum I'm sure is always, not every museum, but I'm sure that they're always looking for increased patronage. Like, they're looking for interesting ways, and I'm sorry, you're in Hollywood. And not only increased patronage, but younger patronage as well. Exactly. They don't, they don't, they they good with the senior They're like sitting around saying, how do we get the kids to come in here? Get the young people to come be interested. And you know, like, especially Western art, it's just, like, raunchy. Like, it's so raunchy. <laughs> <laughs> because, I, you know, I was at the Met, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this to be offensive towards Christianity or any other religions. <laughs> I'm just saying this from purely objective art history point of view. But it's very interesting to look at, like, a medieval painting of the Virgin Mary and Jesus and look at that little man that's supposed to be a baby... Which I find very interesting that like Jesus is like a tiny wrinkly old man. That's how he's depicted. Okay. That's how he's depicted. And that's on purpose. Uh-huh. That's on purpose because, that's you art. know, art. Well, it's to show that, you know, Jesus is all wisdom no matter what age he was at. And then also like 
Madonna's like perfect circular boob. Like I bet I could take, <laughs> I bet I could get, uh, what's that thing where you do to make like a perfect circle, like a compass or. Yes. Right. Um, is yeah. A compass. A compass. Protractor. Protractor. No, 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 no. Protractor no? is the one that measures the angle. Oh. Yeah. Like a compass. compass. And, and I bet I, if Asian's I took. bad at math. <laughs> <laughs> if I took a compass to her boob, it would have been a perfect circle. It was, it's like per perfect it's like someone who never actually encountered a real boob it's got, I'm like thinking of the 40 year old virgin right now it's like a bag of sand <laughs> but you know I look at something like that and I'm and I just go how has nobody made fun of this yet how has nobody made fun of this yet I mean come on you guys it's like it's like virgin mary old man baby jesus and her perfect circular boob it's like Perfect. And have, then you, have you seen that um, that like nun who like talks about art? <laughs> it's like it's like a video. They like I think um, inappropriately or no like, okay, no like okay, totally like, like it's like it's really like dry. Naomi style. That's not very nunish. No, yeah. but it's like well, you know, you, they used to play it for kids. Like when you're um, yes yes substitute. yes 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 like, yes. It's like a substitute on a rainy kind of day. Yeah. You put you pop in the video and like on the VHS. This? I forget player. what the nun's name is, but she's kind of famous. Yeah, no, and she it's was kind of Mother Teresa. No, <laughs> she was like a nun host. <laughs> She was like, she was like taking you. I'm going to send it to you. Yeah. She was like taking you on a tour of the Vatican, you know, like I don't think I ever watched this movie. It's it's like, I think, I think SNL might've already made fun of it in some way, (laughs) but I feel like this might be good just to like have his research. But I, I, I really like this idea of like a museum comedy thing because I think that there should be more like site specific performance stuff because it's always more interesting like when you're in a place. Yes. And you've got like like things to respond to. Like yes. when you're not just like a comedian on a stage. Yeah. And you know, I you know, everyone knows that I'm not a stand up comic. It's not my, you know, it's not my thing. But art yes history oh yeah oh god i could go on and on and on about that but also like you know when i was there i think you know one of the things i realized when i was in new york and i was at the moment met which housed some of the best collections in the world for so many different types of art that i kind of missed this thing that i studied that i spent so much time studying in college and that's something that i was going to pursue very aggressively you know i to the GRE and I and I mm. applied and we were talking about like what are we going to talk about today? Oh, backup careers. And that's something like <laughs> JK, we're not talking about backup careers, but you know, I I was going to be and I wanted to be doctor like legitimate Dr. Co, not like fake Dr. Co, and that's a different story for a different time. I love that story by the way. <laughs> did we ever tell that story in this podcast? I don't I, know. I think we alluded to it. No, you never, you yeah. did it at storytelling. I that's did storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> when I pretended to be a art historian, yeah. Dr. Co. God. <laughs> so many stupid things She's I have like, done. Yes, I am, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just just seeing those things and then realizing, like, oh, my God. these How can you be going around at the MoMA inaccurately telling facts about yeah. Pica- Pablo Picasso's life, which I feel like is pretty mainstream. And then all, it's just, like, me walking around just, like, shooting shade. I'm like... You weren't I'm the just, um, you weren't the excuse me. Yeah, I'd like to make a correct correction here, Sister Wendy. Sister Wendy, okay, Thank you. Wendy Beckett, y'all, 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 whoever's that. listening, go Google this right now. A lot of you have seen this. 
It's, I have it's, never seen that. It's deeply no. embedded in your memory and your cerebellum is, or wherever. It's very nice. She's got Egyptian hieroglyphics. She's got the Mona Lisa. She's got uh, Van Gogh. Dude, she like <laughs> she she takes you like look at her at the Louvre. Hold on. <laughs> okay, how anyway. come this nun gets to go around the Louvre? How come I can't go? You gotta I mean, pitch it, yo. What I, if you wear a habit, <laughs> you know, like no. you just go. Oh man, I could. You know, I do have my or pitch document ready. <laughs> I do a book with yeah. like a connect. I don't know, like something with like a, a hockey or something <laughs> over it. But it's really cool, like you said. With, you have um, you have your ex- expertise in this field that you studied in college. Actually, really liked that, which is I think something that not a lot of us can say about what we studied in college. <laughs> <laughs> what did I so, study in college? And then you, you know, you're a performer. You tell stories stories you make stories and this is a perfect like marriage of the yes. two so i, I like know. this idea all right so, world all right world please give me a hook this up. out in the universe please give me a hook up because i do have my like two-page pitch document and then also <laughs> my winning personality <laughs> but also no museum hookups that trust me to do this trust me world trust me world we'll get in on like maybe start with Jana or something <laughs> But oh. do you know anything about Japanese American art? Well, right, I, she's like, I'll learn. And well, right, right now, there's what is it? Origami, and then <laughs> photographs. There you go. You, you can talk about that. I'm one of those bad, bad, bad kids that never learned Asian American art, but only learned the art of our motherlands and fatherlands. <laughs> so, if you want me to talk about like 19th century, Jap- 18th, 19th century Japanese ink block paintings. Yeah, I can do that. You can find a segue. That's the art of it. That's that's the job. Yo, 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 yo. I know like these pictures of internment camp are real legit. But I don't know anything about them. (laughs) All I know is that good photos. Important. (laughs) Not overexposed. (laughs) Photos good. Important for history. (laughs) Very important. Repeat again. (laughs) Do not repeat. Well, that's a segue for another day. But (laughs) moving on. Before we talk about what's on Andrew's mind, we got to congratulate him for his recent acceptance into a new fellowship program. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's called Film Two, <laughs> and it's about second film. Uh, and it is cool, but it is like, and it's so funny. So we we've already started, and and the they had this panel of of industry experts, and and basically all of them are saying like, the second film is harder. Like mm-hmm. y- I would imagine, you know, like the first film, first film, like everybody's like, oh, wow, you made a film, you know, <laughs> and then second film's like, can you so do it again? Like, and they feel like, you know, based on your second film, like then, then that's your pattern, right. you know, like it's like everyone waits to the sequel to say whether or not this is right, like a, a thing or not a sustainable right? yeah. thing. And so for, for me, it's really, it's cool that, that Sundance is doing that. So I'm, I'm really happy about it. And I've been very thankful for all the, all the Facebook and the Twitter <laughs> love that I've been receiving and awesome. Andrew on, Andrew <laughs> on. So it's been good. I it's guess it's cool. just me. Head cheerleader Naomi Cole. Woo. Well, looking forward to whatever comes out. Thank follow you. up to we have a thousand percent faith. Thank you, thank you. But we have a thousand and one percent faith. <laughs> onto what we're really talking about. Yeah. What's on your mind? So Andrew? okay, so um, 
I've been doing a lot of long drives. I went down to Irvine the other day and was like stuck in traffic like both ways. Fun times, yeah. I know that. And and in order to like stay awake and like stay engaged, like I've just been listening to a lot of podcasts and I've been listening to a lot of collab casts too, actually. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's it's great. And and so, you know, here's here's the really interesting thing for me is that um uh, like podcasts are a way to do something where we can get our voice out there. And especially as Asian Americans, like, you know, we're seeing more and more podcasts. So there's, you know, Collabcast, there's Sound and Fury from Angry Asian Man. Yeah. Um, we've got um, Untitled. Untitled Asian American Podcast. Yeah, Asian American Music Podcast. Shamiri. Shamira and Richie. I was thinking Shamira and also thinking about the next person, Richie, and then yeah. I missed the two together. <laughs> That's their new couple name. Shamiri. Um, and Chavez. And then um, what's uh, there's Will Amer- Choi's right? Yes, like, um, Drunk Monk. Drunk Monk with yeah, Keiko. With Keiko mm-hmm. And then there's Asian Americana with yeah. uh, Quincy. Just launched this week. Yep. Oh really? There's also Ken Fong. Oh yeah, um, um, Asian America. Yeah, Asian America. Mm. So it's really it's like it's really fascinating. I mean, I think you know a few a few months ago. Um, I think actually in preparation for like my first collab cast, like I was just like, I searched on my iPhone podcast. I was like <laughs> Asian and just like looked at what, what was out there. What was out there. Yeah. Oh, we forgot one. Yo, this is racist with Andrew T. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's a great I think we're one. forgetting a couple. And know, also yeah. like probably the biggest one is, um, Good Muslim, bad Muslim with them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, got to bow down to those ladies. Yes. Yeah. The esteemed has. Esteemed has. And so in some ways, like my, my round table discussion topic is more a question for you guys. Oh, turn the tables. Marvin, Minji. And, and to ask, like, well, you know, it's like, what was the inspiration for it? And like, and who do you hope to bring on <laughs> last minute? Like, uh, <laughs> so, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. If you're, if we're going to bring that up. Well, and, and then actually, and then, cause I actually feel like I, I have heard you guys talk a little bit about like why you wanted to start it, but it's also like, how has it changed? You know? Yeah. I mean, so longtime listeners, I think there's like a couple of you out there will know that, uh, we talk about this in our pilot, actually the, the first mm-hmm. episode, which you shouldn't listen to cause it's, it's not as good, but, um, it's a good, funny, uh, <laughs> awkward. Hey, it's, it's a start. Like, <laughs> you did it. It's like 90 minutes of us just like, we didn't have a format yet. So we just like talked about whatever we ended up. And that's, this actually goes into why we started it. Um, so we, you know, as a part of collaboration, we meet a lot of cool people like yourselves and people from the community. And, you know, after our events, we always hang out and chat. It's always this really interesting conversation about like, because we all really care about what we're doing. And we also have so many different perspectives and we are learning from each other constantly. And so I listen to a lot of panel podcasts, podcasts where people just talk about stuff, mm-hmm. right? And it's like you're just sitting in on a really interesting conversation. And I was thinking, someone should sit in on these conversations because they're really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I'd already been playing in my head to do a podcast and just decided to let's just see if it's interesting, mm-hmm. see if it works, see if it you know, translates. And it started off with just me and Minji, and then we started bringing in guests, and then, then it became a thing. Uh, and then we started playing around with formats. Like mm-hmm. it used to be, like we used to talk about news, and then playing around with roundtable segments and topics, uh, because what happened was when when we talk about things without structure, we start to ramble, 
Mm-hmm. And it's interesting and as for in us. We, it's me. It's interesting for us, you know, while we're talking. But listeners are like, I can't really follow you guys. I don't know where this this thing's going. Mm. So who said that? People said that. Okay, I'm yeah. just curious. I'm not being accused. I'm curious. Like <laughs> who said that? No, I was like, who listened to that many that they? Could <laughs> You're like they're our biggest fan. Yeah. Well, and our also, biggest critic. Also, since, you get an edible arrangement. Also, since I edit everything, I start listening to. Them. I was like, okay. This is kind of scattered. Yeah. So how do we no, how do we focus it a little bit? Yeah. And then so the current format is kind of born from that, which yeah. is we have set topics, so we have a set starting point. Wherever it goes, like it's fine, but at least we know what we're talking about. People can follow and contribute and see the tangents. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just how it's it's grown. Well, um, everybody knows that's been listening that it was mainly Marvin nagging me to do it and then me <laughs> resisting for a really long time. Because uh, I kept saying that I have nothing to say, which is like the stupidest. Which I didn't buy. Which is oh the, my god! <laughs> I was like, I have nothing to say for an hour. I don't even know what you're talking about. And Minji was the uh, she's the the giant eye rolls yeah, all like around. The, I know. The, what's the middle archstone? Like the oh keystone. The keystone of the yeah. whole thing. Because like I I can't anchor this podcast by myself. <laughs> I don't have that much interesting things to say. You did you did great with with the gentrification episode. I thought no, because here's the thing about Marvin and me that we like our working relationship and being creative together has transformed a lot. I say that's the one of the biggest learning lessons for me out of all of this, which is in in addition to me listening to myself and being comfortable with that Mm -hmm. and then also getting comfortable with speaking my actual honest opinion. Because to be honest, like this, you know in this job of being executive director of collaboration and being a professional in life, like before this, I work professional jobs. You Mm -hmm. always have to watch what you say, who you say it to, how you say it, all that stuff, which is why I firmly assert that everybody is an actor. Everyone, all y'all don't Mm. act the same way in every single situation. So we all do adjust. And so it's kind of like that bigger thing where I found it very liberating for me personally where I'm like, all right, how do I share my thoughts, form opinions in, with clarity yeah. um, and brevity? Still working <laughs> on that. Um, but keep it real. And that's a challenge because I don't want people to tune into something where I'm just talking out of my ass and trying to say the right thing or say what's, yeah. you know. Well, that's the main thing that's changed is we prepare a little bit more. That's also, so maybe not as much as we should, but yeah. we do prepare a little bit more these well, days. So, so, I mean, the preparation is what I find really fascinating, you know, and it's one of those things where um, I just think about how you how you two put this on and like find guests and there's something about it that's like, oh, it's community building because, you know, I feel like I got closer to you guys and I got to, you know, learn more about you through this podcast, you know, like, because I was a guest, you know, early when I met you. And, Mm -hmm. and then even like Naomi, like, like, I think I, the first time I heard your voice was on Collabcast <laughs> when you were hosting with Sean. Oh, that was a that good was a episode. great one where we started off with Destiny's Child. Say my name, say, say my name. Oh. No one is around you. Say, baby, I love you. All right, that's you cut. That's cut from the podcast. <laughs> um, we're keeping it in. We're keeping it in. Gonna Executive keep mentioning Executive. it <laughs> forever. No, but so so the the thing about that was like. Uh, I remember listening to that podcast and being like, oh, like, I want to be a part of this conversation. I feel like I have so many things I could say, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was really, I also just like felt really bad for Sean because it was like, it was like, 
so much Korean stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, but that's like, see, this was my um, this is something I want to put out in the universe yeah. for everyone to know that I, I when I walked in to be executive D- director of collaboration, which yesterday was my three year anniversary. Woo! Crazy Let's celebrate! I I've I've walked in and I grew up in the Bay and it was a, such a different Asian America, yeah. right? And like I know in LA it was so Korean centric and like I really wanted to expand on that and mm. dive into it, but also like open it up for other aspects of this conversation. Yeah. Which I think have happened on this podcast. I didn't expect, even though that was an intent. So the funny thing is, what I was saying about Marvin to me is that we fight a lot, and everyone who like I'm trying to reduce that, but like we working collaboratively with people is really freaking hard. Okay, so I'm letting you guys know that if you're out there and you're working with someone where it's like sometimes really frustrating and like communicate your idea and they don't get it or they see something differently or they're like the process and like how do you choose guests and yeah. how do you structure this thing and why'd you yeah. make that decision without me and this isn't your thing this is our thing like all that we've we've run the gamut of that full I, disclosure and i think that that's like that often makes really great art you know is is that tension you know between collaborators you know it's like you 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 need that as a way to to well, you don't want an echo chamber, an echo chamber, right? right? You don't want. We certainly are not that. I would be like, I just listened to our last podcast, Marvin. We need to change, blah 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 blah. And he's like, uh, 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 you know, and like, and then I had to. I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't walk in a room and like mm. barrage, like just rain on you with like my feedback. It's hard, you know, and like so I give props to Marvin A for like convincing me to do this because I've had such a fun time. But also like that process, I think, has matured us both as creatives to figure stuff out that Mm. we didn't know we would face Mm -hmm. in doing this. But knowing that like the product, like the outcome has far outweighed all of that annoyance or frustration or that those challenges. (laughs) It's it's honestly like a to me a, I don't know about Marvin I can't speak on his behalf but for me it's like a far cry because I feel like when I listen and I look at the list of who we've had and I think about who's been able to like come over to our, to my house and have tea in my living room I'm, like that's so cool yeah and I'm just excited we have we've been on long enough this is our 68th week in a row doing this yeah. that we have returning Most consistent ever we it's have crazy returning favorite guests such as your you guys <laughs> you know Sean Jenny. Oh, all dream, our faves. Dream guests. So who do you want to have? This uh, is dream guests. Um, We're putting things in the universe. Say what you want out loud. I don't know. You, what? what? Okay, first of all, I want... Ninja, uh, yeah. <laughs> I want all the great... I want all the people, like, major forces in Hollywood. I want Ming-Na Wen. I want Lucy Liu. I want... I want Constance Wu. I want Constance uh, Wu. She'd be fun to talk I to. want Sandra Oh. I want, I'm, like, losing all women. I love it. Um, That's right. Girl power. Yeah. I want Daniel Day Kim. I want Ken Watanabe. Like, I want... People who have made huge oh, can impacts. Can you imagine Daniel Day Kim? That guy has like they're coming over. The so get voice. ready, Marvin. Yeah, it would just he does. Increase the sexy power of our podcast exactly. by like ten thousand. Oh, it will go through sexy the room. right now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Naomi's like, I'm gonna make love to this microphone right here. No, I just yeah. want to lean back, but okay. you know. <laughs> Lean back. <laughs> no, I want awesome people. And I want like all the YouTubers. Like I want everyone to at some point be welcomed and like share their thoughts and build that because everyone, I've, I also realize that people are really intimidated by podcasts because like me, they're like, what the hell am I going to say? Mm-hmm. Or like, how would I say it? Because there's kind of this 
Yeah. You know, am I going to sound like this so and so from <laughs> Welcome to This American Life? I'm Ira Glass. Well, and today I'm going to talk about just like well, this. And so, for the next l- hour. one last thing on this very <laughs> self congratulatory topic <laughs> Thank you for before asking we that. get to our break is yeah, not everyone that we bring on is good at forced conversation, talking mm-hmm. about things without being prompted or. Um, we had so caring. many nervous guests. But, like, oh, I mean, that's something that that's actually something that Minch and myself have developed is how to bring that out of people, yeah. to make it comfortable, to ask some questions that they can think about, and especially the secret weapon is Minji because she can talk about anything. <laughs> so. <laughs> buttons. Let's talk about buttons. Aren't yeah. they great? Like, yeah, whatever. Improv but training, yeah. guys. I just shot a look at Naomi. I was like, I don't know anything about buttons, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like. Why do we need to talk about buttons? <laughs> yeah. We can talk about zippers See, and the Japanese man. and the Japanese man who totally like took over the industry. Like if you look at your zippers, do you, you see what we started? All right, we're gonna take a quick break. JK, JK, JK. We're gonna take a break right now, but we'll be right back with Korea stories. Okay, Korea. Stay tuned and hear some collaboration stories and more. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to this podcast. The Collabcast, of course, is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of our communities. We're coming up to the end of Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, but we still have a couple of event announcements for you, especially for those of you in the Los Angeles area. Collaboration LA is holding its next open mic on Tuesday, May 24th in the Aratani Courtyard for the Arts, which is the plaza right in front of East West Players in Little Tokyo. Find out more about the event as well as how you can participate if you'd like to play in our open mic in the Collaboration LA Facebook page. In addition, one more announcement for those of you in Los Angeles. Online audition submissions are now open for the 2016 Collaboration Los Angeles Showcase. Those of you interested in performing at the Los Angeles Showcase taking place Saturday, July 16th at the David Henry Huang Theater in Little Tokyo, downtown LA, you can find the application at bit.ly forward slash collab LA 16. And don't forget that's collab with a K. Online submissions will be accepted until midnight on Friday, June the 3rd, and auditions will take place on Sunday, June 12th. As always, if you'd like to be a part of collaboration and join our volunteer staff, you can fill out an application to join on our website, www.collaboration.org, under our Get Involved section. We're also looking for writers who are interested in writing about the Asian American experience for our editorial team. If you'd like to be a staff writer or a contributing writer, you can also find the application in the Get Involved section of our website, www.collaboration.org. And before we get you back to the show, let's talk a little bit about what's been going up on the site lately. So this week, we brought you two green room sessions. On Monday, we released our session with Travis Atreo, who played a few songs with us. And on Wednesday, we released a green room music session for Anne-Marie Soralvo, who's best known for being a member of the seminal pop group One Voice. We also wrapped up our interview coverage of the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival with our interviews with the filmmakers of Vampiria and Breathing, the Eddie Zhang story. So you can check those out along with our green room session and this podcast at collaboration.org. Again, that's collaboration with a K. And that'll do it for this collaboration update break. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and let's get you back to the podcast. And welcome back to the Collabcast. 
I'm your host, Marvin Yue, along with my co-host, Minji Chang, what and our guests, Naomi Ko and Andrew On. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and this week's feature topic is, we're finally going to get through Minji's debrief of Korea, her trip back to her... Are we? <laughs> her <No>. motherland. <laughs> Naomi's like... From <gasps> since... So, 11 years, right? That's how long you've been? Yes. Whoa. And Andrew, you also made a very a recent there. trip there mm-hmm. to show your film. Yeah. Yes. Was, I want to hear about that It was your first, first time in a long time, too, right? 22 years. 22 Just wow. double, double day. Yeah. How was that? I want to hear more about... That's way more interesting. So, so, so Minji and I will talk about our experiences in Korea, and then Naomi's going to break it She's down. She's going to analyze the <laughs> shit out of it. <laughs> Here we go. So that's where this stems from, first of all. <laughs> well, okay. So like a few a few things. Um, so we screened Spa Night at the Jeonju International Film Festival, which is Dope. really cool. It's like super independent, like really great programming. Um, and I realized like when I first got there that like I was getting really emotional because, um, you know, Spa Night is so much about this, you know, young Korean American man who feels the expectations of his family and, you know, he realizes the, the sacrifices that his parents made by leaving Korea, um, in order to have him do great things in America, you know, the American dream. And then when I was in Korea, I realized that, you know, it's not just my, you know, it's not just my parents who sacrifice something by coming to Korea. It's also, my family in Korea who lost their, you know, their son and daughter to a different country, you know, their brother and sister to a different country. And, and so in some ways it's like going back to Korea to show this film was like, Oh, like to show that, that their sacrifice was also worth it. You right. know, that we still think about, you know, them, that we still think about, um, Korean culture in a big way, even though we're these like kyopos, these like Korean American. I learned kids, that too. Yeah, you know, so it was it was really special um, and, and and just really supportive. Like I was really scared that maybe that there'd be some people there who weren't so cool with <laughs> you know the LGBT, the gay theme in the film. Um, but it was really great to to meet these queer Korean folk who had taken the two hour train ride, you know, from Seoul to to see the movie. That's crazy, you know. And I had there's one, you know, one uh, young man who like came up to me and he was just like, "Oh, like, like I've never said to anybody that I'm gay, you know." And like he was like coming out to me, and I was like, <laughs> "Wow," you know, it was really intense but I'm I'm like really glad and and this is what I want my film work to do it's like I want the work to 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 be productive to be meaningful to go out there and be able to to help people in 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 some way you know mm-hmm. um even if it's just like a, a a representation thing to like see someone on screen who's dealing with something that they might be dealing with um but yeah you know that was like that was just like our screening stuff. And then I was also going through all this stuff kind of just as like a Korean American in Korea. And, you know, I went to a karaoke bar and I wrote down like the number for a song 
And the the guy who looked at the piece of paper to like put it in the machine, he was like, "Oh, like you're you're American, aren't you?" Wow. And I was like, "How did you know?" And he was like, and he was like, "By the way, you write your numbers." And it's very distinct. It's very distinct. Yeah. The way that my parents write numbers versus I do. Yeah. It's very distinct. It's interesting. And I wonder, like, you know, like what what gave it away? Was it like the way that I write my seven, or you know, like what is it? (laughs) Like it's really fascinating that like that. I could be identified from something that little, like from a slip of paper. I mean, you know? sometimes I feel like when I'm in Taiwan, by the way, that was a beautiful story. Yeah, um, I love it. Very, so you get like yeah. I'm in trance. Um, like when I'm in Taiwan, sometimes people can just take a look at me mm-hmm. and tell. Also, I'm, I'm not taller than everyone there, but people are getting taller in Asia. <laughs> Everyone's getting um, but taller just in Asia. The way that I dress and the way we that I carry We ain't starving myself. no more. <laughs> Thank you, white oppressors. <laughs> You're darker. Darker. I mean, People in Taiwan can get darker too. Um, not all Asians are. They don't bleach white. their skins like everyone. Um, but I mean, just even the way I dress and the way I walk sometimes too. Like people can, people people can tell I'm not from there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can't tell where exactly I'm from because you know I could be from Australia or I can be from Europe. But it used to be when I was younger and smaller. Like it used to be that it didn't take them until they start talking to me because I have a slight accent, but it's very noticeable because of my vocabulary. My vocabulary is very simple. Mm-hmm. So if you talk to me more than five minutes, you'll realize, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You're either flunked out at third grade or you're American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Americano. Yeah. <laughs> but. Well, you know, like, um, and this is kind of my obsession with the spa too, right? Is that like, in some ways, when I'm in a Korean spa, like, like, I'm naked. Like I don't have my clothes to be this like signifier <laughs> that like I'm an American, you right. know. So I feel extra Korean in a Korean spa because <laughs> my body is the same as like another Korean person's body. It's like you know Korean flesh, Korean blood. Um, so it, it's a really, it's a, it's an interesting thing how like you know our Americanness gets imprinted on us in these kind of you know strange ways that that you know, we don't even necessarily perceive. Um, yeah. Or when you're getting, going through customs and you have your United States passport, but then they see like for many of us, you know, I have Unji as part of my legal name. Mm-hmm. It's on my, it's on my passport. Mm-hmm. Minji's on your, mm-hmm. it's not, mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah, my it's just, Korean name's not just on Christine. mine. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when it, passport control looks at that, they're like, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> You've returned. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I'm just like, n- no, 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 not. no. Um, okay. Born, born in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think so. So you know, while I was at the festival, uh, a lot of the Q and A questions, you know, from um, Korean people in like live, born and raised in Korea, was was a lot. It was a lot about the kind of Korean American experience while, you know, like at festival, like Sundance, it was less about kind of that and more about kind of either the, the coming of age and the, um, the kind of, um, search for individuality. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's different questions from different places. Um, the other really funny thing that happened was, you know, so, um, our translator, we had a translator for the Q and A because mm-hmm. my Korean's like pretty like <laughs> terrible. Um, Not as terrible as mine. <laughs> my Korean is the absolute worst. Well, 
Okay, so this was the other thing too. Is like, oh, like as I was there, my Korean like did get better. Like yeah. even in just yeah. the ten days, like one of the last days I was there, I met up with um, a friend of a friend who's an actress, and she really only speaks Korean. And we had like a really awesome talk. Actually, like <laughs> isn't that the best feeling? You know, it was great. Um, and then also like nights when I was drunk, I was like really surprised with myself. You know, <laughs> I didn't but know I knew how to say that. Wow, I was so articulate. <laughs> but so our our translator for our first Q and A, um, she wasn't particularly great. Uh, you know, she mm. was she was like doing really well, but there are just a few things. And there's you know I. I often introduce Spa Night by saying like, oh, Spa Night is as American a film as a Western. You know, it's a mm-hmm. story that could only be set in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she translated it by saying like, Spa Night is Andrew's cowboy movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I was just like, oh, no. No, no, oh, no. no, no, no. But if you think about it, cowboys are all about individuality mm-hmm. and the search and the search <laughs> for find, new. We can find a connection. Girl, I got... Now, Naomi's now my other, now my other this. major is coming out. The English literature major is coming out. <laughs> yeah, I double majored. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Yeah, double but, majors. Yeah, but if you think about it, the cowboy is this great American figure, right? Mm. Because the search for the West, search for a new land in the West, and the new frontier, right, is mm-hmm. is to search for this new sense of identity, and that's really like that that signifier for American culture, right? Yeah. Because people went to the West because they felt like, oh, the East Coast is so still influenced by British and fr- by the British and the French and really it's going out west is trying to find that to find that organic place yeah. for Americans by using the actual land and and that freedom and that individuality so really Andrew you <laughs> this was your cowboy film because you are in the West yeah. trying to find your place and your footing in this new world. So That's beautiful. Edgar on Western Wait. director. <laughs> when when are you going to write that academic paper? That's yeah. really beautiful. Oh my, can <laughs> on, I, on my movie. Oh my God. Can I please do it? Can please I please do, do it? it? I want to read that. Can I please write? Like, okay, I promise it will be like seven pages max. <laughs> Just max. Single space, single space with seven pages max. <laughs> what, how wide are the Naomi margins? Naomi study on Edgar on Spot oh Night. Oh a classic Western. This is like, this is giving me such a like a mental rush. But now, right now. now I need like now I need to do like an on on co. Like I need this is co on on and then on on co. Like what are we what what am I gonna write about for you? Oh there will be things. There'll be plenty. Oh we know. I'm Jesus. excited. We know that there will be things. <laughs> yeah. So how was the experience for you, Minji? I'm going back. Overwhelming. <laughs> That's why I well for me I I had I have a very everyone been commenting a lot lately on uh, how busy my schedule is, but it has been um, there hasn't been a lot of moments to like marinate on it, and mm. um, I've been going from one thing to the next, and it was really interesting for me to go from Seoul to DC right after. It was a very mm. I don't know I the felt, two capitals of your two worlds right. It was yeah. it was honestly very symbolic, and um, I don't want to get too cheesy about that, but it really did mean a lot. No, that's to not me. cheesy. That's not cheesy. It was huge. That's you know Seoul is you know the capital of essentially Korea for the past thousands of years yeah. and DC and you met president Barack Obama. <laughs> you like how, I mean, when you told me you were going straight to DC from Korea, I was like, fuck you. <laughs> 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 I was, 
I was so jealous. I was like, oh, it must be nice to go to Korea and then go to D.C. to meet our president. <laughs> our first black visionary, oh amazing my God. Oh my Barack God. Obama With president. Soft, soft hands. hands. Soft hands. Um, he has to shake a lot of hands. He, you know, he that's gotta, what I'm saying. I was like, I don't think he's like a firm hand. He wasn't like, he didn't like grab my hand. And I was like, I completely get it, bro. You, like, have to com- you have to grab a lot of That's the first thought probably every world leader has ever thought shaking his hands. Like, ooh. Well, here's the thing. Like, if you're another world leader, he's not giving you some kind of limp, you know, whatever this, blah, 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 floppy, floppy handshake. He's, you know, he's the leader of America. He's going into that meeting. He's like Prime Minister David Cameron. (laughs) There was nothing aggressive about it. It was very, like, just gentle and firm. So if if DC was, like, shaking Barack Obama's hand... Then like soul, like what was your Barack Obama hand moment? Like what was like the most? I I really don't know. To me, I I I didn't sleep very much when I was there, and I I just felt in general that it was a really big it was six days of sensory overload. Mm. That's how I mm. felt on every aspect. From um, there's a very specific smell that Korea has in terms of like the subway, mm-hmm. the all the perfumes of like the makeup and like, I, I don't know, there's a smell that like, and all the cleaning, pro- I don't know if it's, but it really, I, the last time I was there was like a really bad time in my life. So like, it's a very, uh, what do you call it? Uh, psychosomatic. Like it's just very visceral. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I'm here again. And then that brought its own whatever. But it's definitely, I'm a totally different person. That's what it prompted. I was like, I'm mm. so different than when I was 19 years old. But I still have a lot of issues with it. That was, for me, it was different to, like, go back to Korea because I, I've recognized in the 11 years since I've been there how many issues I have with being Korean-American, how much mm. I really love it, how much I freaking hate it. Mm. And that, I've been more and more the honest Han, The Han was very activated. It's absolutely very <laughs> much activated. The, the, the Han was just like... <laughs> And having friends like you guys, like, to be able to dissect it and talk about it openly and honestly, like, that's helped me a lot because before it was just like, why am I so annoyed when I see blah or when I hear yeah. this or mm. and and in these settings, like, I'm so eager to be Korean and be like, oh, yeah, I want to share my culture with you. And then other times I'm like, I don't know any about this shit. This is not my life. I'm an American. Yeah. Yeah. And that part was like, I was very curious to see how that would play out. And um, in general, I think being there reminded me how kind Korean people are. Like they're just so they're so big on hospitality and making mm-hmm. you feel comfortable. And it's very sincere. I don't think it's like contrived. It's a big part of our culture to be very like like serving and very like accommodating. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you can dissect that and be like, well, they're just trying to sell you stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, buy hey, cynical people. But they're so, Go away. it was like my family was so generous and sweet to like my friends, my friends, John and Jenny were with me and they're not Korean. They're Filipino and Vietnamese American. And they were just doing everything they could to communicate and compliment them yeah. and buy them food and like tell them cute little stories in broken English as much as they yeah. could to like share their culture. Like, oh, this is like very special Korean drink. Like, mm. you know, enjoy. <laughs> and it was so sweet. And that like honestly made me pretty emotional, like very teary. Yeah. Cause I was like, all these negative feelings that I have are real, but it was a good reminder of like, there's a reason why I'm proud to be Korean. This is why I think it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. But like all the other stuff, I mean, man, it's a lot. <laughs> it's just definitely, I would sum up Korea, my experience of Korea in food. Like it's food, makeup, 
slash skincare and like. Girl, you gotta stock up. I, I know. Girl, I did. Oh my god, Trust my me. friend and my, screens. My friend in New York, she she like sent me a list. Like really? a they are list. selling, they are selling like very basic hand lotions or whatever for like literally quadruple the price on so eBay. It's it's insane. It's <laughs> yeah. Every time my mom goes to Korea, I'm like, Mom, get me the three things that I want. <laughs> Bang. I mean, pastries. It better be fresh. You better get them right away <laughs> before you're at the airport. Pens and stationery. Nice, yes. <laughs> that and, fine tip pen. And that and that skincare. And that skincare. And she goes, she goes, Unji, I can't do that. I have to bring all back all the gochujang. <laughs> That's why you bring or you buy another suitcase. Is that I learned so much. You got to buy another suitcase well, when you're there for yeah. cheap or pack an, like an expandable had, in your suitcase. I had another bag in a bag. Yeah, that's yeah, what I did. But, the but I still had to buy another bag. But so, okay. So here's, here's my thing about like um, this kind of sharing and like generous this generousness of of like korean people and korean culture like it's even just in the way that you order and drink like drink like beer or soju it's like you know in the states it's like oh everybody buys their drink you know you get your own drink and everybody drinks their own drink but then in korea it's like oh like you have the the big height or like the cast, giant, yeah. you know, and then you pour, you know, for everyone in, yes. you know, and so it's coming from the same place. And so it's not like, oh, I had three beers. It's like, oh, we finished 10 beers together, <laughs> you know, like it's a group activity. It's, a it's group community. Activity. It's, it's community. And I think um, as I've been working on stuff that has been very personal to me and it, investigating my family's you know, my, the way that my family works and, and everything. I just, I realized that, you know, I have one surviving grandparent left. Mm-hmm. It's my mother's mom. And I, you know, I, I was talking to my mom and I was just, I was just thinking, I think it's time for me to go back because it's been a decade. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and, 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 you know, I've been very envious of my friends such as Andrew and Minji <laughs> to name a few <laughs> To and I think it's time for me to go back to Korea. I think it's time. I think there's something because I think I'm starting to realize now that you know, as a writer, as a as somebody who writes, you know, I'm trying to understand the motives of so many different people, and while I'm doing that, I'm also understanding some of the motives of and just the traits of my parents, and my yeah. family members. Right. Yeah, and. You know, before Korea harbors a lot of just a lot of negative, negative memories for me personally, um, just because of, of, you know, especially what happened to my aunt, you know, her, her domestic abuse and her murder, essentially, you know, like that harbors South Korea harbors so many, you know, just a lot of anger and a lot of sadness for me mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily have to do with Korean culture, just incidents that happen but it's an association for you where you're like you don't think of it and like yeah let's go there it's happy place and but then you know and then i realize i'm just i'm just like i man i'm so disconnected i feel so disconnected to my korean side yeah and and you know i've you know i'm proud korean (laughs) proud korean american wear that red tiger's jersey 
Girl, I can't fit into that retirement <laughs> jersey anymore. Gotta break it out. The Olympics are coming up. Oh, oh Marvin, Damn. I know. I know. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to do this summer? She's already plotting out all the pools of like, this is how it's going to... Where do you, you think I'm going to be? I'm going to be... Are you going to Rio? No. Okay. I thought that was what that was going. Are you going? No. However, I'm going to be camped out at the Okamoto's house because they got that cable TV and that TV <laughs> service just watching the Olympics in the middle of the day. Yeah, I know. Whatever. <laughs> it's going to be weird that I'm going to be camped out watching the Olympics. But also, you guys, it's Rio nice. Rio's in Central Standard Time. Nice. So we're going to be only two hours behind what's going yes. on in the Olympics. Yeah. So it's going to be real time. Oh, it used to be like, let's get up at 2.30 in the morning for well, the So you don't get spoiled by the news. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, I'm to get back. Sorry, my Olympics <laughs> excitement. I will be back on the con- podcast to talk about how much I love sports and competition. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, competitive but, swimmer. Yeah, no, I was very competitive, very, uh, very, ultra competitive. Uh, very, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's super, it's a fault. It's definitely a fault. But more importantly, like, I love being Korean, and I feel like one of the ways that I really express how much I love my heritage and being Korean is that I know a lot about Korean history and Korean, which um, I don't in Korean art, you know, stuff like that. And I was just like, Oh, it's interesting because I would always say, I don't care about like K pop or K dramas or Korean movies or, or anything like that. Like Korea today sucks. Korea back then. Awesome. <laughs> but I realized that <laughs> I realized that, you know, I have this kind of thing where I have I love Korea in a sense of a certain golden age mm. where it means a lot to me. And I also realize that this trait really comes from my father because my father also has a very um, love-hate relationship with Korea as well, but also his perceived golden age of Korea and what he feels like is the golden age of Korea and then what I feel like is the golden age Korea. and And it's time... It's trying, It's just, I guess for me, it's time to see Korea in its present because mm. I yeah. definitely cannot go back to fucking 16th century <laughs> Joseon dynasty. Not okay, yet, though. We're working on that technology. Oh, they they oh. probably working on that. Tec- well, that. My cousin's working on AI. I was like, excuse oh. me, that's scary. I was like, no. I mean, when time, machine, no time. When time machines happen, it's... In the world, right? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, like, or, or like, or you know, 11th century Sheila dynasty, where that super cool female queen that wore like that kick ass crown. It's gonna end, you know. Might as well go out with a kick and go back to your favorite dynasty, right? Like, do do you? I would go back to like that time I messed up that date or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, no, like I'm like Said the wrong. That I'm was a just, clear sign, and I didn't take it. That's, damn it, I would. Be really selfish about it, like super. <laughs> Do super I selfish. be selfish? No, no. But um, yeah. Well, so okay. So this is what I find really interesting about being Korean American is that, um, and uh, and it was an insight that I saw so really beautifully articulated in this Jezebel article that Margaret Cho wrote about her mm. experience going to a Korean spa mm. and like being kicked out because she had tattoos, mm-hmm. and that she said that in some ways, like she's. Um, she's like more Korean. Like she feels more attached to her Koreanness because she has to fight for it because Mm -hmm. people want to try and take it away from her. Right. And I think that that's what a lot of like second gen immigrants, like we have to, to do is like, we have to 
to fight for that connection. Right. Especially know? us, because I always tell Minji that we are such misfits. <laughs> no, but yeah. I, you know, I told we Minji and I had a very long conversation where we talk about like our group of friends, especially our group of Korean American friends. We are, would be considered misfits. We are definitely, because we don't buy into all of the same activities or the same, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. and, and, and that, that's, it is what it is. I mean, I'm past that. And thank God I'm at, at an age where I can kind of, Except that, okay, I don't fit in. And that's that's something that we ex- explored and experienced really differently. Mm-hmm. Like, I was president of CASA at Berkeley, but I, and th- it is weird to understand that because I was in that leadership role, that pe- people had a specific assumption about me, what I do, what I enjoy, how I act mm. based on that role that personally I didn't align with at all I didn't like all the partying stuff it's just me like I I felt like so out of place there. I felt super uncomfortable but people in hindsight either at the time or later they'd be like oh dude I thought you're like a total like Korea town party freaking you know mm-hmm. like like no which is so interesting <laughs> it's so interesting right and, like, and so I was like so then but you know and then that took me a while to wrap my head around and be like what and then that made me resentful. I was like, then what? Well, I can't like be interested in being Korean American part of the, the leadership without being X Y Z type of girl. No judgment on them. It's just like that's not who I am. So why are you signing that to me? It was so, a weird thing, right? And so, so that's something about so because you're Korean in America, in California, in California, there's like a certain kind of like type that's just um. That like you could be, you know, yeah. but then if you're like Korean in Korea, like you could be anything, you yes. could be anyone and you're still Korean, you know, like that's yes. the, like the diversity that like you gain, you know, by like being back in your like when like, people um, look you know, like you, when you're yeah, when the people, majority, when you're the majority, it's really fascinating. And that's a diversity like that's a that you kind of lose if you are the other. The that's other. true. That's true. I mean, definitely moving to L.A., I was, I felt like, wow, (laughs) Midwest Korean Americans, we are alone. And especially because I'm from Minnesota and I'm not adopted. And so much of Korean Americans from Minnesota are associated with adoptees. And, you know, I got, I got, I got two Korean parents, yo. (laughs) I was like, stuck with this family. Which we'll dive into another day. Yeah. Co for life. Right. No, I embrace my co-ness now. I'm a terrible person and I embrace it. Long live the co's. We survive on badness alone. Thousands of history. Woo. But um, but it's funny that you're yeah. talking about how you can be yourself. Okay, so that is the complete opposite of how I look at it. So this is, mm. everyone knows that, uh, or like people close to me know that I get really riled up about this one concept about being Korean, which is the obsession with beauty. Mm. Because I have never experienced anyone else's life. I only know mine. And I have had major self-esteem and body issues. And um, I had huge plans to get tons of plastic surgery at a young age. Um, and so to face that, <laughs> pun intended, but uh, to, to really come <laughs> face to face with that in Korea was like a big deal for yeah, me. Yeah. And um, again, just not everybody cares about it or is sensitive to it. And it's normalized so much which to me coming from my perspective was really frightening. Mm. And that's the part that um, didn't anger me when I got there. It angers me here. Like when I think about it as a concept, it makes me mad. It makes me mad that like 
it's such a thing there that it's so normal that pisses me off, to be honest. Like, why is that like everyone needs to go and chop their face up? The fact that I was so convinced that that was a necessity. It was not like a luxury. It was a necessity for me to look at myself in the mirror, to feel anywhere good about myself. Like I was like, I need to change this, 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 and this. There are four things that I was so dead set I needed to physically alter and pay a shit ton of money for right mm. and like the fact that makes me mad but then when I go there and I see it it me it really hurt like that's and it's it's kind of scary for me to say this on a podcast where like I don't know who's gonna hear this but it really hurt to see that and to see so many faces that have been shaved down and to look at 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 these noses and this skin and like these eyes that like don't look Korean to me. That's mm. not who I'm surrounded with and that's mm. not what I know and that's not what I think my friends look like. And I've talked about it with several people, including my own family members. And then I met up with my mom's posse of girlfriends. Like they've been friends since middle school and she has this big group of girlfriends. And it's awesome. But they treated me and my friends to lunch and we talked for like three hours. Aww. And To get their insight, you know, they're just, again, so generous. And, like, they heard about my mom's, like, bragging about me going to the White House. And she's telling all her friends. (laughs) So that, it was just such an interesting conversation. They're asking, like, how the hell are you going to the White House? They're, like, so proud of me. But, like, what do you do in your work that got you invited there? And so that was just. (laughs) Balling. I was just, like, "Um, I'm obsessed with pop culture. And I really like to watch dancers. (laughs) That's basically how. But like, yeah, got all, there being a bad age. You know, you know. I think I think this would be an interesting conversation for us to um, go back to because what it really sounds like listening after you guys talk is is this new definition of what it means to be Korean. Yeah, and especially the way, especially when we talk about physicality, because in that way, don't we second gen Korean Americans got a leg up on the on the on the domestic Koreans? Who have plastic surgery? Who have plastic surgery? I'm like, I'm like, you may be in Korea, but we still look Korean. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> and this is this is the the fascinating thing about like a lot of immigrant communities is that sometimes they they're a little bit like outdated, you know? Yeah, like, our so, parents like, are stuck in the 1980s. Yeah, we, exactly. in, we inherited 1980 Korea. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. the Korean that I speak is like, some of the terms I use are like really old school. <laughs> like, like no one old uses them. Even the culture, like the, the traditions, like we find this too in, you know, in Taiwanese. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, sure any yeah, immigrant. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're outdated too? <laughs> I mean, yeah. so the well, difference, go back I go back frequently. a lot you more. So that's kind of like, we're running out of time so we can't really get into this, but it's really interesting just the experience because like I'm not Korean so I can't I understand your guys's mm-hmm. point of view but I've never been to Korea and no my motherland is the island of Taiwan and ostensibly China and I've been going back every once every few years for the last couple of years mm. so for me it's what's fascinating is the three of you have had such huge gaps in mm-hmm. going back and I think that comes from a because um, I know like just from being friends, you know, the issues with being Koreans probably like had a lot to do with that, right? Like not wanting not to go back, not going back, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, not making. I, that's what I realized. I was like, I've been yeah. all over the freaking world in the last eleven years. I've never thought. I was like, oh, me yeah, too, go. me yeah. too. But yeah. yet again, what a Korean trait! All or nothing. <laughs> all or nothing. <laughs> But Black and white. <laughs> but that's what it took. Like it was so sad that it took my grandfather getting killed by a drunk driver for me to be like, I should have been back. Mm-hmm. I should go back. And even recognizing, even being really sad, but then also not as emotionally impacted by my. I was 
like significantly imp- like angered by the fact that he got killed by a drunk driver as much as I was upset about me losing my grandfather. Do you get what I'm saying? Like that, the, the fact, cause that then stemmed this other tirade of like, why are Koreans so obsessed with being alcoholic? And why are we all so okay with that? Yeah. Because like that, and I was like that alcoholism killed my grandfather. Who's just trying to take a walk to go yeah. to the, ba- to the, bathhouse you know and like why aren't we talking about that everybody has so much fun and i get it and i'm not trying to be the debbie downer who rains on people's parade if you enjoy it but you're safe like go for it but let's also recognize that there's some major shit underneath all that there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of suppressed um trauma that we're not dealing with and everyone just like like makes videos about taking shots and that makes me want to cry because i was like but what, like, again, public health major, so you're going to talk <laughs> about being art history. What is that group epidemic, that giant behavior that we, and, like, all of the suicide, like, the subways are different. They have glass. You can't, because people jumping in front of trains all the time. Yeah. What the, you know, like, yeah. that hurt so much to see and to, like, I didn't think twice about it when I first got there. But being there for six days, I was like, oh, my God. And there's something about, like, being a Korean American where you can see that like more objectively you're right, like because I'm and, not in it and 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 it's true I mean it's just like there's this pain and hurt that like it is kind of very um intrinsic to to like I mean Korean as an outsider culture. isn't that part of what the Han is oh, like, it's collective, like. see I'm still investigating that stuff so I can't <laughs> But yeah, part two. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like we have to go. Uh, And I don't want to like end this on like. I mean, so next week we're going to talk about mental health and issues like this in in detail. So we'll we'll touch on this again. Um, We're bringing on um, hopefully. Actually, I I shouldn't plug it in case we can't do it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's going to be that's hopefully going to be our topic next week. and unfortunately, we're going to have to cut this career talk Sad. short. I know I you guys can go on it forever. Like, it was very eye-opening. <laughs> I don't want to end this on. Like, but it was very, very real. And I know that um, there's a lot of other ethnicities and so many other cultures. And this is kind of like my touch point to really connect with the, the larger uh, Asian-American struggle or the challenges that we face and the uniqueness of our identities, which, again, I'm really starting to more analytically process now, even though I've been part of this whole like Asian American scene for like over a decade, um, it's become a lot more uh, deep and uh, just thoughtful instead of being all about the pop culture and like the fun stuff and the things that I think are awesome or things that I think are just just downright terrible. Yeah. It's a lot more layered. So I appreciate yeah. that trip a it's lot. Good to take a holistic approach. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the public health. Like, yeah the art history. That's why I'm so glad I have you guys to talk about this with. And I'm really curious about like everyone. I'm like so much more curious to learn about like my friends, Jenny, she's like what her Vietnamese background, like let's talk about that. What the, you know, I think we need Naomi Ko's history podcast. We do. I want to, I want to talk about this more. But um, no, I'm so glad yeah. I can talk about this with you guys because yeah. it's been a pleasure. And, you, and you were there too, and I was like, mow, mow, mow. And just doing thank so you many cool so things. much. All right, so before we wrap up, Andrew, where can people find your stuff if they want oh, to learn more? Uh, you can go to our Facebook page. That's where um, we keep up to date with all our screenings. So we'll be in Toronto, Seattle, um, New York, and San Francisco in the next month. So are you screening Damn. in Los Angeles? July. Okay. My it's... birthday month. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You, 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 you. And Naomi, where can people find your work and musings? Work and musings. 
You got to write that paper on Andrew. You got to write that paper. You know I will. Oh, I you know. know I will. Seven pages. You know I'm going to publish it on JSTOR, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how academic oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. be. Just go to my website, www.konaomi.com. No, it's not Konami. Yes, I did it on purpose. Ko, K-O-N-A-O-M-I.com. Thank you. All right. And if you'd like to send us an email with um, suggestions on topics or questions or just comments, um, you can send that to podcast at collaboration.org. Minji and I always like listening to what our listeners have to say. And if you're on iTunes, please give us a rating and review. It helps us out with the metrics and gets us to in front of more people. And it's like sending us a digital hug. Yeah. We love to read those. (laughs) And also, if you're not on iTunes, you can still help us out by sharing our podcast with anyone you think might be interested in listening to what we have to say. Thanks again to Travis Atreo for use of his song Excited for intro and outro. Um, And that'll do it um, for myself, Minji, Naomi, and Andrew. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, Bye, guys. All right, thanks.